0: Welcome to Episode 58 of Beyond the Rut Podcast, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. Podcasting can help you market your own business, and that is why we have Tom Schwab, founder of Interview Valet, on this episode. Tom helps small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs get featured on leading podcasts where their prospects are already listening to those shows. He shows business owners how to turn listeners into leads. He delivers entertaining and actionable information so that you can use that information today to grow your business. Tune in as we talk with Tom Schwab about what got him into this business of connecting business owners with podcasters, how he transitioned from corporate America into being an entrepreneur himself, and how Interview Valet can help you grow your business. Here we go. Brandon, how are you doing on this fine summer, fall day, in summer, <laughs> whatever season it is. I'm it's always summer the dream. in Corpus Christi. It's always hot down here. There you go.
1: Just <laughs> living the dream.
0: Awesome. And, and you brought to us a great guest.
1: And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about who we've got on board today? Well, today we've got Tom Schwab. And, and it's so funny because I met his wife through uh, some internet uh, or some email exchanges uh, to set up our previous guest, Matt Miller. And, uh, she told me about her husband and the things that he was doing. And he started this company. I said, well, then we got to get him on. And so Tom, thanks for joining us. We're, we're thrilled to death you're here with us today.
2: Well, Brandon, it's great to be here. And I guess, Jerry, you you hit both of us here because it's always summer in Texas. And now we're starting to get into fall here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So <laughs> I, I guess it's where where you are depending on what season it is.
0: Yes. There you go. And for us, our fall feels just like our summer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, when you see that on the news, it's the first day of whatever season. You're like, yeah, that's irrelevant to us. It doesn't apply.
0: We, we get three weeks of winter. Yeah, we get
1: cool <laughs> and we get hot. So that that's kind of what we got. It's it's so funny, Tom. We were talking prior to the uh, episode about. Uh, our, our service in the military and where you came from and where I came from. It turns out Tom and I were both in the San Diego Bay over 25 years ago. He yes. was on the Abraham Lincoln and I was on the uh, Coast Guard cutter Batwell. And, and it's so funny to see how close in proximity two people are that didn't know each other. And now 25 years later, we're on a podcast together. So that, that's an interesting story. Love that.
2: And the wonder, wonders of the internet to to bring us back again like this.
1: Absolutely, and Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Corpus are on the air today, so that's that's really exciting. Tom, the reason I wanted to bring you on was because as, as your wife was talking uh, about the business, and she was talking in the context of uh, finding people that. We should interview and be on the podcast, but she started telling me about you and, and I said, well, that's a real beyond the rut story because you're somebody who started this company, but you didn't start it because you're just really, really smart and wanted a business. You started it a little bit out of necessity, right? Because you just didn't like the life that you were living.
2: Well, at one point, uh, there was a couple smaller companies between, uh, interview ballet and what I was doing before. But, uh, yeah, I look back on it and I was in the corporate world, uh, for about 15 years and, uh, I, uh, most of my years were spent uh, about 50,000 miles a year driving. Uh, I had lots of windshield time. Uh, I was probably the biggest uh, listener of podcasts when they first came out because uh, I, I could listen to lots of them. Uh, but uh, I, I called it my profitable distraction because I was making money with it. It was like the golden handcuffs, but it was a distraction because it was not the life that I wanted to lead. It's not what I wanted to do, but it paid the bills. And uh, it's a, it's a bad place in your life where all you're doing is thinking, well, how many more years do I have to do this before I can retire? You know, now I'm 50 years old and I love what I'm doing. Uh, I, I consider myself semi-retired because, you know. If you told me I could retire tomorrow, I'd still uh, get up and do the same thing because I enjoy doing it. And that, and also if I, if I just stuck around the house, uh, um, drive my wife crazy and my golf game is never going to get good. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is my hobby. This is what I love to do. I love to, to meet people, introduce people and uh, podcasts are just such a, a great medium here. And, uh, I think we'll get into that. And heck, if you're listening to a podcast, you already know what a great medium it is.
1: That's true, and and I blew right past Jerry's icebreaker question, which is really one of my favorite it's parts okay. of the show.
0: It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just so fascinated by the fact that we were in San Diego at the same time. <laughs>
0: I, I normally don't let Brandon talk on his show this soon in the show, but I was like, I want to do it different this time. While you were listening to this version of Zig Ziglar's you know Car University, uh, <laughs> I do love to hit our guests with a an icebreaker just so we get a little bit deeper dive into. um you, you know, beyond the, the, uh, I don't want to say bio. masks that we wear, but, you know, just, yeah, the you behind the prepared the bio. So, uh, in any case, here's the icebreaker I'd love to ask you. Uh, I'm on a personal mission to convince the world that Brandon is a huge Renee Zellweger fan, uh, all because he brought it up in a conversation we One had time. weeks ago. One time. That, that, that's all it takes, man. Uh, so. Uh, let's see. We've already had somebody. We had Matt Miller uh, let us know his, va- his favorite Renee Zellweger film. Uh, it was Jerry Maguire. Yep. Uh, we just had Rena Chong tell us uh, her favorite Renee Zellweger film. Uh, but what I want to do is change it up a little bit. Uh-oh. So, Tom, if you yourself were, were Renee Zellweger, what piece of advice would you give my friend Brandon here?
2: <laughs> well— First of all, I just want to go on record saying I, I was trying to Google like her name really quick. On, I have no idea who that is. And then when you said Jerry McGuire, it's like, oh, I know that. You had me at hello. <laughs> you, had me at, you had me at hello. Why did you just say that? I, and plus, I couldn't spell the name. So yeah, um, you could just get ad, close. <laughs> the advice that I would give to Brandon as is that Renee Selwicker, yes, that what you know is as amazing to other people as. What I do is amazing to other people. We're all amazing in our own way. So with that, if you ever see me in real life, speaking as Renee, just come up and say, hi, I'd love to meet you.
1: Awesome. I would love to think she feels that way. That's yeah. that's really good advice. I
2: If you ever see me, please come up. And, uh,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, now, for all my smart alec friends, whenever you ask me, hey, Jerry, where's Tom? I'm just going to send you the link to this episode. Hey, there He's you know. right here.
1: Now, now you've got an answer to that question. Yeah. So he's right here. So Tom, we have established a little bit that, you know, you were in the Navy and uh, you went to the Naval Academy. So what did you do right after college that you talked a little bit about being in the corporate world? What did you do that, that convinced you that that was not necessarily the life that you wanted to live?
2: Well, it was interesting that, you know, when I, I grew up in the Midwest and uh, it was always that thing of get a steady job, get a, you know, get a stable job. And so, I mean, what's more stable than being in the Navy, right? So <laughs> went to the Naval Academy and, you know, anybody that's re- old enough to remember like 1992, uh, something happened and it was sort of peace breaking out. The Soviet Union dissolved overnight. And when your arch enemy goes away, they start to do cutbacks there. And with that, I just looked at it and said, okay, well, you know, I've done all the fun stuff that I want to do in the Navy. It's taken a toll on my family and, you know, it's not the career that I thought it would be now with all of these changes. And I think a lot of people are seeing that right now too. There's a lot of great service men and women um, that have done amazing things, but there's military cutbacks and they're just not, you know, needed anymore in there. So with that, you know, I, I sort of looked at it and thought, "Well, uh, this wasn't as secure as I thought." I know, I'll get a job in corporate America, right? <laughs> that is secure, and it really was for me. You know, for for fifteen years, I um, I did great. I got promoted, got to go from engineering to operations to to sales and marketing, and then in two thousand eight, it happened where, um, you know. Everybody remembers that one. And Michigan really led the nation into the right. Great Recession. And the manufacturers who um, I had a distributorship for, um, they decided that we should go direct. We shouldn't go through distributors anymore. We'll cut out the middleman. And it was a great, great business decision for them. But then I looked in the mirror and I thought, wow. I look like the middleman. <laughs>
1: exactly. Oh, man. Wait a
2: minute. Hold on. Don't and, kill the yeah, middleman. And so you know they did they did right by me, and you know I would have done the same thing in in their position there. But one of the things that really struck me is that your job security comes from your ability to serve people, and if you're only serving one person, uh, a corporation or a mm-hmm. company, boy, that's you know yeah. that's that's pretty tenuous. And we had a sideline business at that time and it, it accounted for maybe 5% of our income, but we were renting out products to people that were recovering from foot or ankle surgery. And when we get these back, you know, half of them came back with thank you notes. And my wife and I, we, we thought about it. We prayed about it and said, you know, we're making a difference here. We're serving people. Could we do this to go from being, you know, a, um, just a Michigan based company to be in a regional company. And, you know, so we, we went out on that and using, um, internet marketing and inbound marketing and specifically blogs. Uh, we built our company up from a regional player to a national leader in about three years. We're able to sell wow. it, um, and then help other people, um, do inbound marketing. And really that's where we got into podcasting because podcast interviews are the Ultimate in content these days. Uh, you know, our studies show that they convert 25 times better than blogs and heck, they're a lot more fun to do. They right. are exactly. That's there's, why we do
1: them. There's no reading and <laughs> podcasting. You know, that's always good. The only problem with, with blogs is you have to actually read the blog, but that's the Brandon I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you recognize that you had a product and. And it was going to be successful, but you found a nugget in that product, and that was the marketing side of it. What caused you to want to focus on the marketing side of it?
2: Well, to me, you know, the marketing is the key. And that idea of if you build it, they will come. Has never worked.
1: Like Uh, one time in an Iowa cornfield, but other than that, it's never worked.
2: (laughs) It's an it's an interesting movie, but no business (laughs) has ever seen it. And I think a lot of times people now with the internet, they're like, Oh, you know, the the rules have changed. No. The rules are the same for for our grandparents and our grandchildren. Um, just because the technology has changed doesn't change the rules. So I really looked at it and thought You know, marketing at its heart is starting a discussion with somebody that could be an ideal customer. So how can we do this? And really the strategy hasn't changed. It's really just the tools that we have today. It just makes it so much easier. Um, so much, uh, faster and so less costly. Right.
1: I love that analogy too about the tools. I heard one time, you know, with the invention of the, the big tractors that farming is still the same. You still have to plant in order to, to reap the benefits of that. The, the tool you're using to plant or maybe reap those benefits may have changed, but you still have to plant and you still have to water and all of that in order to get the benefits from it.
2: That's true. And it's, it's not the tool that makes the magic happen. Right, so I could have a tractor that's twice as big as yours, but if I have no idea how to run it or to farm, you know, all I'm going to do is make a lot of mess. Right. I'll never get anything out of it. The, the analogy I always use is that you know tools only amplify our strategy or our stupidity. And right. I, I I use the example a, a buddy of mine, uh, Dan Miller, had a uh, a tree that uh, died in his property, and he had an artist come in with a, a chainsaw. And that artist was able to carve an eagle into there. And wow. it's beautiful. Well, I took a chainsaw and a couple of years ago was <laughs> cutting firewood and just about cut my leg off. It's the, it's the same tool. All it did was, you know, amplify somebody's artistry and amplified my stupidity. Right. So uh, I always tell people it's not the tool. It's, it's the uh, strategy behind it. I would just go around
0: saying my eagle looked very different than the other guys. <laughs> yeah. it's,
1: it's, it's Thank
2: more a, God it was bloody.
1: Yeah, yes. it's more of a dead bird than you know. Uh, I think Facebook's a great example of that. It it can either make amplify your your product or it can amplify your stupidity depending on what you use it for.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, every everything, uh, podcasts, email. You know, email can be a great connector or it can be a way to send spam. Right. Uh, and it's not the tool; it's the user.
1: So what made you decide that podcasting was really the next big thing? Because I know sometimes in our world, we think everybody's heard of podcasting and everybody does it, but we're still such a small, small market because most people still don't even know we exist, but it's, it's growing exponentially lately. What made you see that at an early stage as, as the next great thing?
2: Well, one of the things I looked at was that, um, you know, podcasting, the thing that was holding it back was the technology you know, that you had to have an iPod. I remember early on, I had to plug <laughs> it into my computer, download things, and it was a hassle. Yeah. And now it's become so much easier. I mean, there are people right now that are listening to an, th- this podcast that never owned an iPod. There might be some that <laughs> don't remember what an iPod is. Right. Really, it's gotten to be on-demand radio. And you can, you know, download it directly to your car, to your phone. Um, and what you talked about before, not being able to read a blog, um, you know, while you're doing other things, podcasting is the only medium that you can multitask on, right? So right. I listened to a podcast this morning when I was running. Um, I can be, you know, um, uh, fixing dinner tonight and, and still listen to a podcast. And the other thing is I think that podcasting is so intimate and honest and, and believable, Like we're just talking and we would be talking the same way if the three of us were sitting around having lunch and you're listening to it like you're sitting in the next table over and you don't see that in blogs. You know, when you write a blog, well, you've done a couple takes, a couple edits on it, even with video, you know, while you can see somebody, you know, it could be cue cards. We could be reading off teleprompters and you're not quite sure. Is this the first take or the third take? No, you know, podcasts are, are real. And we actually started um, seeing the results. We had a, a client that uh, was writing some blogs and, you know, he'd spend three or four hours on a blog and at the end of the day, it would convert like every other blog, you know, about one to 2% of the readers would turn into leads, meaning they gave an email address for something. And he had a great message. He had a great voice. He sounded a lot like Zig Ziglar. And we thought, boy, I wonder if we could get him on podcast interviews because wow. we knew that doing a podcast was hard you know anybody that says doing a podcast is easy <laughs> has either never done it right. or never done it well and and brandon and jerry you know my my hats off to you for all the work that you put into this but we were able to get him on a a podcast have him share his story Talk to people that he could help. And we were just amazed. The traffic that came from that, the conversions, um, it was just like uh, amazing. And so we looked at that and said, is that just for his personality? Is it just for his industry? And so we tested it over and over and found, that, no, this is really a strategy that works. You know, my background's being an engineer. I just um, tested everything to optimize it. And what we found is that, uh, you know, we could get a system out of this. And really, that's that's where it started from.
1: Wow. that, And I love the fact that you just saw something in his voice that needed to get out in a different way. He, his blog was probably a great blog, but it couldn't get out to the masses. And I do the same thing you do. I When I run, I listen to podcasts. I don't listen to the radio because I get bored with the same songs over and over. I love to listen to podcasts when I drive. You can't read a blog when you drive. I've had too many wrecks trying to do that. It doesn't work. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> But you you didn't actually do a podcast, right? You just really liked listening to them. Is that exactly. correct?
2: Exactly. exactly. I looked at it and, you know, uh, I, I have great admiration for people that do the podcast, but it's a lot of work from, you know, setting it up, the website, setting up guests, the, the production. Um, I'll try not to say, um, or stumble too many times so <laughs> Jerry doesn't have to cut all those out, but, and then the promotion. Right. And so it's sort of like that, you know, I feel guilty sometimes. It's like the the Tim Ferriss four-hour hack. Yeah. You, know, you could either spend all this time doing a podcast or you could be a podcast guest. And in some ways, uh, you know, it's a quicker too from the standpoint of you already go to established audiences. You get to go to different audiences um, and, and tell your message from that standpoint. And it's a lot of fun to get to meet you know, great hosts. Right. That That's awesome. So when you did this first
1: one, is that where the idea for Interview Valet came from or did it kind of
2: evolve from there? Now, I, I always say I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but if you tell me the right answer long enough, <laughs> I'll, I'll understand it. Right. And with that, you know, I think our customers are our only experts. You know, we all have ideas about our business. You can hire a consultant that has an idea about your business, but it's just an idea. The true experts are the customers. And those are the ones that, that vote with their, their actions and their dollars. So originally, we were just working with a, a handful of clients uh, working this strategy and as we had more and more of them, uh, people said, man, I'd love to learn this system. So we put the system together. We're teaching it and people loved the system. But what they came back and said was that, you know, there's a lot of parts to this. You know, it's like a recipe. You've got to use all the parts if you want to get the same results. And they said, I would, you know, love for somebody else to do it. And uh, the true uh, the true telling was when a, one of our clients came up and told me Sinatra only sang. Wow. That's a and good I'm point. Like, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Once again, you know, not the, not the sharpest tool here. <laughs> He's like, well, Sinatra only sang. He had someone else doing all the other things. And he says, I want to do the same thing. I want to be the guest and you guys take care of all the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's a good tagline. We're going to use that. There and so know. that's what we really focus on is that helping our clients, you know, be the guest and then taking care of everything else. Um, you know, the, finding the podcast the coordination the scheduling helping them with you know how, how to have a great podcast interview and then doing the things afterwards you know setting up that special welcome page and promoting it on social media uh because for most of the you know people that we work with you know the speakers the authors the coaches the franchises the brands they're the ones that really just want to maximize their time in order to to get out there and spread their message
1: i love that i i know this is the The second time we've worked with your company, the first time was Matt Miller, but just just the ease of it, it was probably three or four, well, I'd say it's probably about six or seven emails, but three or four of those were just me trying to figure out what exactly I was questions I was asking. But once I understood it, uh, what what was going on, I thought this is brilliant because like you said, Sinatra just saying the concept of I will just be on at one o'clock, we'll talk and then I'm done. I don't have to do anything else is such a huge benefit for people who, especially business owners are thinking, you know, every minute that I'm not making money, I'm losing money. There's no such thing as a a zero sum at any point, you know, I'm either making it or losing it. So to be able to sit down and do this and then go back to what it is they do best and let you do the things that you do best is just a great idea for a
2: business. I love that. And from the standpoint of, um, It doesn't take as much time. You know, you can do it from your home, any place, any place that you've got a good internet connection. Um, you can, you can do a podcast interview. I've done them from hotel rooms, from home, from work. I mean, just to be transparent, fully behind the curtain, we're doing this on a Saturday afternoon and I've got three podcast interviews scheduled this afternoon. They're also, you know, scheduled around the football game, but (laughs) there you go. In, in three hours, I'm probably. talking to tens of thousands of people right. and with that you know we'll talk to clients and ask them you know uh, would you get on a plane to talk to a thousand people and they're like yeah and i'm like eh, just stay at home you can talk to them uh being a podcast guest right and the thing with this podcast too is unlike live television or live
0: radio like you've got to be on right then and there to catch it or it's gone forever uh, even with like dvr and right TiVo. I mean, eventually that programming gets archived somewhere and it's not out there for public consumption. Whereas a podcast, we've got this show on iTunes. We have it on Stitcher, on Google play music. We have it on our website, beyond the rut.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we could always come back to this and share the link with somebody, our listeners, you listening, you can take the link from this episode and share it with a friend, a family member, that neighbor across the street. Mm-hmm. You, you can, this, we're going to keep this content out there. And that's one of the beauties of being a guest on the show too, is that your content is always out there too, that your your evergreen message is impacting people months, years, maybe right. hopefully a decade down the road.
2: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show.
2: Jerry, you are so right on that. We've had clients now that are out three years and they still get traffic from podcast interviews they did three years ago. In some ways, I have to be careful because I made the joke about, you know, it's a Saturday and, and it's football season. I guarantee you there's somebody that, you know, uh, it's, it's the middle of spring uh, mm-hmm. in 2020 and they're listening to this for the first time right. and they're thinking – what do you, what do you mean? It's football season. There's somebody else yeah. down in Australia right now, um, that I think I said football season. And they're like, oh yeah, I got to watch a soccer game too. Yeah, so exactly. it's, uh, it's so powerful. These, uh, this media,
1: that's what, uh, we did about a year ago too, was, uh, you were talking about going from the, the interview, or uh, the standard podcast of the interview kind of concept back in January or really about this time of the year, last year we decided we were doing this podcast, but it was just uh, another guy, Sean and I on it and and we were getting bored of each other. Basically we didn't have enough <laughs> content. We, we laugh about it too. We're just like, I'm kind of tired of listening to you. You're tired of listening to me. So all these people must be tired of it too. We didn't have enough. So we decided let's change it up a little bit and go to an interview. Uh, concept and uh we did our first interview and we were like wow that's that's crazy it was it was sarah mcdaniel and she was just phenomenal and we were like we got to do that again and we found such energy from interviewing people because like you said you're going to talk three times today but the the audience that you're reaching have never heard you before maybe at some point have but most of them haven't. So this podcast becomes fresh for that. To me, that interview concept
2: is what changed our whole podcast. Brandon, they, I think it was Inc magazine last year talked about podcasting being the new networking of the people right. that you meet and anybody that's struck in a rut right now. I want to share something with you. It's cross pollination, right? The only way in nature that we get bear fruit is through cross-pollination. You know, one tree's got to uh, have the pollen shared with another one. Right. And the same thing I believe is true in in life. The problem is, is that we've got to do it intentionally. You've got to go expose yourself to new ideas, new people. And, um, you know, if you're driving around from place to place or, you know, in a remote place, uh, you'll say, well, how could I do that? Well, from podcasts, from ideas, from reaching out to people that you hear on podcasts, that is a great way to to get new ideas, new connections, and you know, really move beyond that rut.
1: Right, That that's so true. And everyone that we've either heard on a podcast or in some way uh, is associated with podcasts that we've reached out to with the exception of one that she's going to answer any day now and another one that he's answered, but he had some book, issues that he had to work out before he could be on they've all been really gracious and said absolutely i'll do it tell me when and uh and it's it's funny we have one coming up um in a in about two three weeks we're going to do and it's a it's a girl that my daughter told me over dinner she was like y'all need to interview this girl and and hear her story and i was like well who is she and i'm looking her up online and she's got like millions of followers on her youtube channel because she's a vegan and she talks about all this great stuff and she's just a real inspiration and i sent her an email while we were at dinner and uh she responded before we were even done and said cool send me the podcast i'll check it out and and that's the response we've gotten
2: it's amazing. We've got uh, uh, quite a few clients that are regularly on television. I can think of one that's a a Fox News contributor and he's probably on three times a week. I just saw him the other night on, um, on the Riley factor. He was on for about five minutes, but with that, he still loves going on to podcasts. And the reason is, is because on television, he says he gets, you know, maybe a five minute spot, maybe a three minute spot where he gets to talk maybe two minutes right, and he also has to drive an hour there, hour in the makeup room, hour back. So he says, you know, for two or three minutes, he has to invest four hours of time. Right. He goes on to a podcast and, you know, he can do it from his home. He can talk to all these people and talk for a half hour, 45 minutes. And really, they get to know him a whole lot better. So I, I think everybody's starting to see the power of podcasts. And it's just a great way of getting your message out there.
1: Well, then I would say, uh, when we're done here, go tell Karen to send me that information. We'll have him on, but <laughs> how many, how many clients does interview, uh, valet have now?
2: Uh, we're at about 50 clients right now and, uh, we're very selective. Um, you know, one of the, um, uh, the, the worst pieces of information I, uh, business advice I ever got was from my grandpa. And who knows, Brandon, <laughs> we may be, we may be related. My grandpa Cunningham. Wow. Great Irish man. The only thing he ever told me that was wrong was he said, choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. (laughs) <laughs> and and the thing is, is nowadays we can choose who we work with. So yeah, I don't want more customers. I want more raving fans. So absolutely. we talk to a lot of people, but we make sure that we, we know and are certain that what we offer can really help them. And so we do a lot of coaching through that and, uh, you know, let them uh, help them with their message, their market, the machine they have so that they can get the maximum results from uh, from every podcast interview. And we really focus on three niches or three verticals. Business by far is the biggest one. Our second one is faith and Christianity. And then the third one is health, nutrition, and wellness. And it's not so much of where you are, the speaker, but where your ideal customers could be.
1: Right. To me, that's what I really enjoyed about your company was, and we've been approached by other uh, companies similar. Uh, you know, I want to set up interviews for you and do that kind of thing. We've always just kind of blown past them. But what I really enjoyed about yours was the, was the professionalism of it, of just every kind of like the, I love the analogy of Sinatra just saying, cause it really is that easy, not only for the person being interviewed, but for us, it's just like, everything is done. It's very well set up and it's not just a throw you into the fire and and hopefully you do good. You know, I I mentioned our first interview was with Sarah McDaniel and God bless her. She had no idea what to expect. And we, we didn't have much ground to explain to her what to expect because we had never done it before, but it turned out really good. I think we
0: just told her it'd be really fun.
1: Yeah. it will be really fun. Don't worry (laughs) about it. And so that that's been a really good learning curve for us.
2: And I've got a resource that I'll, I'll share with everybody. It's a, it's an infographic and it's the six tips of getting booked on your first podcast. You know, if you just go to interviewvalley.com forward slash beyond the rut, everything that uh, Jerry and Brenda and I talk about, I'll put there on there. But one of the things we're seeing from more podcast hosts is that if they go through, uh, uh, an agency like ours, they know the quality of people that they're going to get. I, I use the right. example of, um, like Oprah, you know, I know she's not on online or doesn't have a show anymore, but there were great people that could have been great guests for her. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, she probably got pitched or her staff, you know, a hundred mm-hmm. times a day. She couldn't take all of those pitches. So they always went to the people that they knew. And I think we're seeing that in podcasters too, because, you know, you guys are investing a lot of your time here on a Saturday afternoon. And so you want a guest that shows up on time, prepared, sounding great. And so that's, we make sure that uh, all of our guests are that way.
1: Right. And there's also, and I didn't know this until we had done uh, Matt Miller, there's also a follow-up email survey to kind of give tips of, you know, did this work? Did that work? Is there any kind of... uh uh, positive or negative kind of feedback you can give on the quality of it. And and that, for me, made me think, well, next time he's on somebody's show, you want it to be better and make him better. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to do interviews is we wanted to talk to people we actually wanted to sit down and have lunch with, not just the next person. Kind of like the uh, Oprah analogy, it's like not just the next person that can sit on the couch, but is this somebody I would go sit down and have lunch with? And, and if it's not, I don't really want to have an interview with them.
2: Very, very much so. And then, you know, even from the standpoint, are they committed to the interview as you are? You know, right. are they going to to promote it on social media and to their network? Um, are they looking for a, a relationship and a partnership here? Or are they just use, looking, you know, a transactional? Well, let's just get on, quick interview and, and be gone.
1: Right. Exactly. Now, you also wrote a book called, uh, and I've lost it here, on Connect. Uh, Connect. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that and the online course.
2: Yeah. So it's really just it explains how um, this strategy works. And, uh, you know, uh, it's not a mystery. It's not magic. It's really just a process of following it through, and you know, just like a, a recipe for a cake. If you follow all the steps and use all the ingredients, uh, you'll get the uh, you'll get similar results. And then we've also had an online course, and we're actually redoing both of these right now. But uh, the online course shows people how to do this um, themselves, and for some people, it makes a whole lot of sense uh, just to do it themselves because of the uh, their their time constraints or their um, monetary constraints. And then if somebody has it where they just you know want uh, want it done for them, uh, we've got that service also. And that really you know came from listening to the customer and giving solutions to each person.
1: That's great. Now, if somebody wanted to sign up for this service, they can go to inter- interviewvalet.com. What's the process that they go through?
2: Sure. So the process is the first thing we do is we do an evaluation of uh, your message, your market, who you want to talk to and then your machine, you know, what products you have, your, your website, things like that. And we have a very consultative and we'll tell you straight out. Do we think that you can maximize this? We'll talk with you about that. Go through a free evaluation. Uh, if we think you'd be a great client, we'll tell you that. Uh, if we think there's some things that you need to do to maximize this, we'll say, Hey, why don't you go back and work on these couple things here? And then let's start going forward here because we want a long, long relationship. And we've got clients out that are out three years and they're just seeing better and better results with this. So we want to make sure that everybody, you know, becomes not just another client, but a raving fan.
0: And I got a comment. Uh, one thing I've been really impressed of um just in our dealings with Interview Valet is that your team has done the research on us. And I, I'm yeah. still getting used to that. I'm, I'm used to yeah. us doing the research on our guests, getting to know them, give them the best experience possible. I've never had somebody actually do their research on us and say, hey, we love this about your show. We love this about your show. We love the direction you're taking here. We have some guests that will fit. And here, here they are, and here's right. why. And we're like, wait, did did y'all just take the work off our plate? And yeah. all we gotta do is pick from like a menu. It was it was so cool. It was like um, the pe- the folks who've contacted us give us mm-hmm. like four or five people to choose from, and I just thought, wow, this is this is so cool. And then I'm like, wait, we gotta do research on them. We can't just show up right. and flub it on our end now. <laughs> <We> gotta- <Yeah. laughs> and so uh, I, I just love it. I'm still getting used to it, and I, it it just. It's kind of spoiling me in a way. I just, yeah. I just love it. So.
2: Well, it, and I'll be totally transparent here, Jerry. Um, they do the research for me on, on you also. So 10 minutes before this interview, I pulled up the email. And it had all the, um, the bio for both of you. It had the, uh, the background on who your listeners were, um, who the, what the podcast was about, some different little links to listen to it. And then the questions that, uh, you know, the work or the, uh, the, the flow of the interview. So, from that standpoint, from a very busy person that wants to do a lot of these interviews, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're going to be on somebody's podcast, you should probably listen to two or three of the episodes before you get on to understand what's going on in there so you can be prepared. Uh, and we make it easy. So, all you really have to do is go through that, uh, get briefed very quickly. And then the other thing we do for all of our clients is uh, give them a checklist. Uh, because now we've got an experience with over 3000 podcasts wow. and they say the checklists are written in blood. And I must admit that a <laughs> lot of the blood, uh, is mine. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and you should never make the same mistake twice. So, uh, you know, uh, we've got the checklist and just before I jumped online with you guys, I did a quick microphone check to make sure everything was good. Right. I turned off the syncing on my computer. Uh, you know, there was, <laughs> I was on one interview and it was going great. And then all of a sudden, somebody on my team sent me a video that I had been asking for. And <laughs> it started to sync with my Dropbox. And all of a sudden, the uh, Skype connection uh, got really, really bad. So right. all of those little things that we can do for our clients just to make sure that they have a great interview. And it, it helps them and it helps the podcast host, too.
1: That's great. It's funny you say checklist because we developed one after uh, Matt's interview. I think it was that the batteries in our uh, recorder went out it started flashing and and the look on jerry's face he looks at me and then looks down it's like uh the batteries and they're just flashing he had two batteries in his hand it wasn't matt's interview it it was the guy before it okay yeah and so he's looking at me with these two batteries in his hand going there's only one way to get them back in there and that is to stop this for a second so we had a, a small little break in the action there but having that checklist would have helped us kind of prevent that but we didn't go through the checklist prior to
2: that uh it's always it's always good to learn from other people's mistakes.
0: Uh, <laughs> They're gonna based. add that to their checklist if you yeah. have recordings. Yeah. Check your
1: batteries. So uh, Tom tell us uh is there any any last word of advice that you would give the the podcasters not only listening, but then potential maybe people that wanna be interviewed, they want to get their message out, but they just don't know how. And this point sure. you're giving advice as Tom Schwab, not Renee Selwiger. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I've got, I've definitely got a, uh, a face for podcasts. Uh, (laughs) So I guess my, my advice would be, if you're listening to this, you know what the power of podcasting is, you know, how engaging it can be. And you know, that it's growing, you know, right now, only 30% of the U S population listens to podcasts, but that's going to be growing. Mm -hmm. And in the future, your customers, your potential customers, your ideal clients, they're going to be listening to podcasts. And the only question is, are they going to be listening to you or your competitor? And there's two ways that you can answer that, really. You can either start your own podcast or you could be a guest on other people's podcasts. Or I guess you could do both would be a sell, uh, an option also. Uh, but uh, you can definitely see where the trend is going. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of that answer.
1: Absolutely. That's such great advice. Perfect. So how do people get a hold of you? They support you and get involved in uh, what you're doing.
2: Oh, sure. I, I love connecting with people. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, what's ordinary to you is amazing to me. Wow. We've all got something to share. Uh, we've got different stories. And so please, uh, if you're interested in any way about learning more about what our company can do for your business, what you can do with this strategy, or how even you could implement it yourself, I'll put that page together just at interviewvalet.com forward slash beyond the rut and everything that uh, brandon and jerry and i talked about will be there there'll be the six tips to get booked on your first podcast there's a, a little 30 minute uh training on how to use this system and there's i'll even put that checklist that we talked about
1: uh, <laughs> that's always a good thing
0: that'll be there too great thank you so much for joining us tom and uh, again all you smart alec friends of mine when you ask me where's
1: tom I'm sending you this link. There you go. There we go. Brandon, (laughs) take us away. Thanks, Tom. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know that you're excited to uh, get off of this podcast and finish your interview so you can go watch Texas A&M play because I assume that's the only team playing today. (laughs) But I hear you got some football teams up in Michigan, too. So we'll, we'll support those. Who's your favorite team in Michigan?
2: Uh, my favorite team is Navy and who's ever playing Notre Dame.
1: Ah, there you go. I love, I, I used to have this shirt. I, I dated a girl in college from uh, Nebraska and she gave me this shirt that said, I have two favorite teams, Nebraska and whoever's playing Oklahoma. So I loved that shirt, <laughs> the relationship, not so much, but the shirt was pretty cool. Awesome, Tom. Well, I appreciate it. Have a great day and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you have it.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Rut Podcast. You can see the show notes for this episode at BeyondTherut.com slash zero five eight. You can also find all the resources that Tom talked about at interviewvalley.com/ slash Beyond the Rut. The best way you can support our show is to forward the link to this episode to a friend, a family member, a coworker, even that neighbor of yours across the street. We look forward to staying in touch with you and we'll catch you on the next episode of beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about cap show is that they have one of the best communities ever as a cap show and myself,